such a delight to see you these last few nights, and we love you. Ursula, it's so good to see you as well. God is doing something in this place. I want to speak to you on a very sensitive topic, but one that many of you are going through that I want to help. My message tonight, when your family is the enemy, when your family is the enemy, and I think there's a lot of hurting people, and they're hurting because they don't know when to let go. You know, I watched a movie years ago and someone was trying to steal a woman's pocketbook and the person was stronger than her. And Rather than let the pocketbook go, she let him drag her and pull her, and she ended up getting more hurt from the dragging than just to let the pocketbook go. Sometimes we would rather hold on to family members that's dragging us and putting us through damage than to just let them go. Let go the families, spouses, brothers and sisters, and to let somebody go is not just talking about letting them go physically, because a person has been thrown out of your house physically of you detach themselves from them physically don't mean that you've detached yourself from them spiritually and emotionally. You can be separated, divorced, in a whole nother country, and sometimes even dead, and people haven't let them go. They have moved on with their life and gone, and we have not turned them loose. And I want to share with you how you have to detach and disassociate yourself from people who still may be there physically. And that's the hard thing. Let me share this with you. And it might even help you. You could be married to people that you're in the house with, but their spirits are so bad, you have to detach yourself emotionally and mentally and spiritually, even though they're there physically. Because you're not always able to leave out the house. You're not always able to get out of their presence. Sometimes it's even with family and children and mothers. 
You're living in the same house with them, but yet they're dragging you through the mud emotionally. You don't have nowhere else to go. You can't move. Well, how do I deal with that type of person? I'm going to detach emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Jesus didn't have the best of family relationships coming up. In fact, uh, one time while Jesus was preaching, go with me to Matthew, uh, they thought he was crazy. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. Uh, I want you to go with me to Matthew first. Chapter 12 and 46. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother, Jesus' mother, and his brethren stood without design to speak to him. Now, they didn't even come to the service. They outside wanting to speak to Jesus. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without design to speak with you. So somebody came in the service and said, Jesus, your mama and your brothers are there waiting. They want to talk to you. But when he, but he answered and said unto them that told him, who is my mother and who are my brethren? At that point, you can see that Jesus now has totally cut them off from being such an influence in his life that they could bring him out of what he was doing to see what they wanted. And Jesus looked at it and said, who is my mother? Who is my father? Not a who like I don't know who it is, but who are they? What do they run? What dominance do they have over me? He's, and you don't, you don't I want you to understand, you don't devalue people that are are good and right, but you got to know how to devalue people that are dragging you to the ground. And sometimes you got to put people in that who are they mode. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my father? Amen. And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, behold my mother and my brother. He has Detach, he has detached from those people who are physically mother and father, mother and brothers. He's detached and have given somebody else their spot. He looked at his disciples and said, behold, y'all with me, my mother and my brethren. Now notice this. He stretched over his hand towards the disciples. Now you know, clearly, his disciples couldn't be his mother. So when he looked at him and said, behold my mother, he's not calling these men women. But what he's saying, they have replaced that my family didn't give me. So it simply said, behold now, that's the replacement, that's the, that's the infilling of what I lost. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise? I say this because I think sometimes 
We think mothering should come from a mother. And brotherhood should come from a brotherhood. And we think that it should be coming from blood. We think that I should have motherhood from a mother, a brotherhood from a brother, a sisterhood from a sister. But sometimes it's not coming out from the people that it should be. And I don't have to be deprived. The problem is I want to make them give me something that they don't have to give. And you can't make a person that don't have something to give. But we think, but it's my mother, it's my father, it's my sister, it's my cousin. They support, but they don't always have it. And if they can't give it, why are you still putting coins in the machine? Now there's a Coke machine out there. I hope they moved it or fixed it. I used it one time and it took my money. I have never used that Coke machine of the Church of God the Bible way since. And I think it was a dollar and 25 then. And until Pepsi fixed their machine and I see one of y'all push it and a soda come out, it ain't getting any more of my money because a dollar 25 is too much to be throwing away from me. Especially when I go to Walmart and get five sodas for 25 cents. I don't drink them anymore now. <laughs> but the problem is the person who stays around that soda machine keep putting their money in there knowing they're losing it and going to push it just because it says soda machine. Can I tell you what? There are some people that are out of order. And you have to come to the conclusion that there are some people in your life who are out of order. And I don't care how much you put in them, they're not going to put back in you. How much you contributed to them, how much you love them, how much you put in, and we are disappointed on things that we shouldn't be disappointed on. Now, y'all come here from Sunday to Sunday. I hope, did they fix that machine yet or they took it? Is it fixed? It's gone. Thank God. I had a sister come to me and she said, Pastor, I put money in that soda machine and it didn't work. It took my money. Amen. So I told her, well, we don't own the machine. You got to get with the people that fixed it. She came back the next Sunday and said, Pastor, y'all got to get that machine fixed. I done lost my money again. Well, now, after you kept going back there, you gave an offering. <laughs> because after that first time, you should have known that machine was broke. And what I'm saying to you is when you constantly, and, and I'm not telling you, and listen to me good, when you're constantly and constantly and constantly and constantly putting in the people, putting in the people, putting in the people, and they've shown you that they're not going to give back. Don't, don't have expectations. Because what disappoints you is you're expecting something that they've shown you over and over and over that they're not willing to give. And you get hyped up. And, they know, and sometimes these are people that don't know how to give, but sometimes it's people that psychologically know how to play the right games with you. Will call you 10 days straight and then miss 20 days from calling. Hallelujah. 
text you two hours of the day and then won't text you for a week. And got you sitting up there and when they text then you... Sometimes they start playing psychological games. And man, when people start playing psychological games with your mind, psychological games with your emotions, those things hurt. And you men look tough and y'all look rough, but the right woman to get a hold of you have you crying like a little flower girl at a wedding. I'm talking now. I've seen a lot of men messed up in the mind and the heart and everything else and I never to have you write one of them songs like Rick James and all of them. <laughs> Man, yeah, thank you, James Brown. It's all kind of songs that have come out of broken-hearted men. Damaged and crushed. Doesn't turn them to a musician. But why do we still expect? Why? Because sometimes they're, 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 we're, we're, and let me, let me share this with you. One of the things that the enemy do, he works in isolation uh, and control. And let's talk about isolation and control. I'll talk a little bit about abusive relationships and family relationships and other relationships. Uh, let me talk about family relationships and let me talk about, amen, intimate relationships. One of the first things for someone who's setting you up uh, for that mental disappointment is, is, is always an isolation. You watch people, even family members, parents and mother are, who are too controlling and they isolate you from everybody else in your, in your own little world. There are people that I've seen many times in the church. It's just them and their children, nobody else. They don't let anybody else, cousins, aunts, friends, or nobody else. They're isolated. They're, you've got 50,000 family members, but it's only those three, only those four. Don't talk to their aunts, don't talk to their uncles, don't talk to their cousins. It's just them by themselves. And you step outside that box, they look at you funny. Don't deal with nobody in church. Come to church. They get this stuff and everybody go back home and leave and everything is controlled. Now, let me, let me tell you something. When I am your only world, everything else look odd and everybody else look like Martians. Everybody else look like, uh, and you got to be careful of that. That's why a fellowship is there, to let you know people are different. Because now, in, in, a, in those cliques, there's always one controller. That controls everybody's thoughts. That controls what everybody thinks. That controls who everybody likes. That controls who everybody marry. If daddy don't like them or mama don't like them, you don't get it. And the whole family is controlled and sitting around one person's feeling. Y'all ain't saying much. Now I'm talking now. And nobody thinks outside of that. And anybody thinks outside of that, or anybody that thinks for themselves, ah, it's crazy from thinking that way. Then comes the verbal abuse, stupid, dumb, crazy, ignorant, whores and sluts and all kind of names to belittle you. I'm talking heaven now. So a person will strip you down 
and call you all that stuff and put you to the bottom and then isolate you from everybody else and the only compliments you get is from them. So they the same one told you down, the same one build you up. You're no good, you're slut, you're whole, you're this, you're that, that, and put you in the corner by yourself and then they build you up. But you're isolated from everybody else so nobody else around you to reward you. Nobody else around you to compliment you because you can't talk with your mama. Now, this, 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 this is what men, men do sometimes, and women do. There are men who, who get married, and when they get married, they want their wife cut off from everybody. She can't talk to her mama, her brothers, her sisters, her cousins, nobody. Whole family cut off and got them there by themselves. Let me tell you, this ain't the color purple, and you tell them you ain't Sealy. You might not can tell him that. But you need to know that before you get married. Oh, it's not just like that. There are women that can be like that too. I'm talking about the family. Women that can be like that too. The man can't talk to his mother, can't have no fellowship with his mother, can't visit his mother, can't talk to his mother. They're isolated by themselves. Everybody in this whole world by themselves. The children can't have any, any fellowship outside of anybody else. And watch that all of this it's control. I'm talking heaven now. But to be isolated is a dangerous thing. Because that person becomes the center of everything that you do. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brethren? And I want to ask you that real question. I think that's a real question. Uh, have my mother really been a mother? Have my brother really have been a brother? Uh, because titles come with birth. And somebody say, this is my girlfriend, my spouse, my husband, my wife, my this, whatever it is. Titles come with, 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 with relationships when we're born. But does that really mean you define that because we named ourselves that? Because we were born by the same mother don't necessarily mean we are brothers and sisters. We're supposed to be. And some people never lived up to that title. I wish y'all with me here tonight. So you can be a mother, but if you gave that child to somebody else to raise, you didn't mother that child. And sometimes we want the mother's rights without the mother's responsibility. Now, the child treats grandmama like mama and treats you like a sister because you didn't raise her. And you want to exercise mama's authority and pick up a belt, but haven't exercised mother's care by rocking them to sleep. And now the conflict comes because you are mother by paper, but by mother, not mother by reality. Boy, y'all ain't saying nothing here. I wish I had some witnesses here. So why does my daughter or my son, who's 12, doesn't respect me like a mother because your grandmother was, their grandmother was the mother. And you were the sister. Hallelujah. I wish I had a witness. I wish I had a witness. So Jesus said, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? But he that doeth 
the will of God. What is Jesus trying to say? Sometimes you have to replace people in your life. You have to replace them. You have to, they still exist, but you have to replace them. Especially if they're killing you. Jesus said something in Matthew chapter 5. I've watched young ladies. I've talked to some of them here and I, 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 I always ask this. Are we mutually benefiting from relationships? Because any healthy relationship benefits. And if we're not benefiting each other from the relationship, it's really not a relationship. My arm is benefiting from being on my body. My hand has a benefit. See, if I, listen, if I cut my hand off, guess what's going to happen? It's going to die. If I can cut you off and don't miss you, you wasn't doing nothing. If I can cut you off and nothing in my life is affected by cutting you off, then you wasn't doing anything anyway. You're crying over a man that you cut off and you were paying all the bills. You're crying over a man that you cut off and he was using your car and your food stamp car. And, and in fact, when you cut him off, you had more money in the bank. I have a group of young people today who are missing emotional security and mental security, but then many are just lonely. They're just lonely, and they just want somebody in their presence. We live in a generation where mama's busy and daddy's busy and everybody else is busy, television and keep us, we just kind of, we, we need a person. And I'll show you this is the truth, because you got young ladies and young men who will get in a relationship with somebody that they have to pay all the bills, They have to take all the responsibility. He doesn't bring anything to the table. And he's in the house with them. They're paying the bills. All you got is a presence. There is nothing else that that person offers. Matter of fact, cusses you out and everything else. There's nothing else that they offer but a presence. That's somebody that's lonely. So start. Really evaluate and say, what did they give to me? What did I get from them? Now, when I cut my arm off, we're going to lose a benefit from each other. First of all, I'm not going to be able to pick my phone up like I used to because my hand missing. If you can do it without them, you didn't need them. Y'all with me? If, I, if my hand is, a, you cut Eddie's hands off and see won't, he, he won't play that keyboard like he used to. Now, the why he might try to figure out how to do it with his, with his elbows or something, but him and I, when they cut their hands off, that's out. They might about to start singing solos or 
a kicking drums or something. I do some practices with their toes, but their hands go, they're going to miss it. But the same token, if I leave your hands out, they're going to rot. So you're going to miss the hands and the hands going to miss you because both of y'all provide life one to another. Now, this is what you see. If you can cut people off and they can still survive without calling you, they can still survive without checking on you, they can still survive, you didn't give them anything because they don't miss you. And if they don't miss you, you have to come to the evaluation. And our problem is we want people to feel like we feel. And we think they feel like we feel. Are y'all with me, saints? Sometimes it's possible. I'm going through with my message. But sometimes it's possible just to expect it because they got the title. Just to expect that they're going to be a friend because they use the title friend. That's why you don't just marry any man because he was born with a male part don't mean he's a man. Stick around and see what he can do. If he don't pay no bills, he ain't a man. If he don't work, he ain't a man. If he don't have responsibility, he ain't a man. But the only thing, you, 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 you checking out his male parts but not his malehood. The parts may be good, but the car may not work. You can have a good battery and the car still ain't working. Hey, man, y'all with me? You can have a big engine, a, a big carburetor, and, and the car still ain't working. That parts of a car can work, but I, I don't need a car that, that the battery is working because if the ignition ain't working, this car can't get me nowhere. So if the male part working but the head ain't working, you don't have a male. You got a male with a male part that works, but you don't have a full male unless he's able to provide emotional, spiritual, mentally, y'all ain't saying, and leadership. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I wish I had a witness here. And I want you, you sisters to know because you birthed something in the world don't mean you're a mother. And you got to go back and see, have you been a mother? Because a mother provides nourishment, nourishment, and comfort, and holding. Hold them to the breast and feeding them, if at all possible. Nourishing. You know, we have a, a, a group of today because society, it has raised such a hard woman. A hard woman that, that can't be motherly and soft. Now, I respect where you're working. Those things are good if you have to. And, and Amazon and Walmart and the warehouses. I, I have nothing against that if that's what you have to do. But you have to make sure that it doesn't take your womanhood. That you're so tough that you can't be sensitive enough to hold the baby and rock the baby and be a, a sensitive woman because a, a, a child doesn't need two hard people in life. They need somebody that's soft, that they can cuddle, that they can hold, that can be tender, not so tough and rough. Because you, you can have the title of a mother but rough as a man. Mama don't need to be body slamming the daughters and karate kicking the kids. Hmm. 
with the absence, with the absence of a man, see, sometimes they walk into that role. And now the child, because the mother has to play father, she steps out of mother. And the child really has a father and not a mother because the mother had to toughen up. I thank God I was raised by a single mother, but she knew how to do the role. My mother didn't yell much. She didn't, I didn't see a lot of male dominance in her, but she understood how to be a woman and raise a son. So she kept every feminine thing about her. But she tore us up. Now, when she whooped you, you thought a man was on you. She could whoop you just sweet. Clay, come on in this room now. I, I didn't like what I saw on your report card. Just as sweet. You go back in there. Don't you do it no more. And I mean, you're going to go in there and you're going to be, hey, you, you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, now your dinner is done. It was scary. Because you never knew when it was going to come out. So she didn't walk around bodacious. Tender. So neither me or my brother have any feminine traits. We've never saw one bit of masculinity out of her. None. And as we got older, she said to us, I'm going to get my car fixed. You come with me because men will, they'll do women wrong at the mechanic shop. Come with me and you all talk to the men for me. You mean you're 16 and 17 year old boys? Yes. I'm going to get a car I want you to go and tell me what you think I should do about this car. And to this day, my mother called me when she get ready to make any decisions in her life and respect me as a male. So I had a mother. Some of you have allowed men who have stepped out of your life force you to be in fathers and tough and you're no longer tender. So your daughters see men. They don't see mama. And they've never seen the sensitive woman who loves to pamper herself, who loves softness, who loves sweetness, who loves perfume. Because you didn't get a chance to do it because you had to be hard working. You had to do this and had to do that because that sorry man wasn't there. But don't let them push you into a masculine spirit and strip your daughters and sons of a mother. Y'all with me? I wish y'all was here. Somebody ought to lift your hands and say hallelujah. <laughs> lift your hands and say hallelujah. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm going where God would have me. But who is my mother? You have to ask yourself sometimes a question, have I really been a mother? Have to ask yourself a question sometimes, have I been, really been a father? Ask yourself the brothers and sisters, have I really, really been a brother? How often can my brothers and sisters depend on me? How often can I call on them and see that they are good? And it's not always, and you hear me good, it's not always, my sisters and I don't talk every day. 
But when they called me, they said, brother, little brother, they talked to me. I need this, I need that. So we've established that. They can depend on me, I can depend on them. They can cry on my shoulder, I can cry on their shoulder. And then understanding the dependency of one another. Being able to be. And, and another part of a brotherhood is being able to handle difficulties. Brothers are born for adversities. Because some of you haven't really known what true brotherhood is and true conflict is. Brothers and sisters argue, fight, beat each other up. If they ain't saved, they cuss each other out. If they have saved, they almost cuss each other out. But truly saved, they don't cuss folk out. But the point is, they have adversities and they have these problems, but they don't. But they know how to work through those problems, work through those adversities. But how do I deal with someone that hates me? Genesis 37 and 1. This is what my, uh, I'll, I'll close with this, Genesis 37 and 1, and I want to help you to detach from it. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generation of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock of his brethren, and the lad was with the sons of Beal and with the sons of Zephlah his father's wives, and Jacob brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Jacob more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a, 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 him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw it, that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peacefully unto him. Let me stop there. There are a lot of people today in their adulthood who are dealing with favoritism from their childhood. And I want to talk about that. They're dealing with favoritism from their childhood. The Bible says when, hallelujah, the Joseph was one of Jacob's favorite children. He was his favorite child. He was a favorite. And everybody know he was a favorite. There are parents who have had favorites. All children are not created equally and all children are not treated equally. And sometime until those things are resolved, people die with them. But let me tell you this, and I want to help those that are dealing with it. There are some people who either can't see it or too embarrassed to admit it that they've showed favoritism with their children. And if you're waiting on somebody to tell you they didn't and to acknowledge it, you will be waiting until the people in hell are telling you to turn the air out. And we sit and wait for these things to happen and we go back in our mindsets and try to reason why they just don't happen. But I want to make you aware that those things can cause sibling rivals between each other 
because Joseph loved, Jacob loved Joseph more than his brothers and his brothers hated him. When you start to put a certain type of favoritism on one child, let me tell you something. All of our children are born with different qualities. You got one child that may not be a college child and one child that may be a vocational child. They'll develop differently and they'll shape differently. And you don't treat a child different because they decide that they don't want to go to college. College is your idea. It's not theirs. You don't treat a child different because you like one daddy and didn't like the other. I heard one uh, uh, lady I told y'all a while ago, she was in the office talking to me and she said, uh, she had told the child, I can't help how sorry your daddy is. That's up to you. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop, stop. Let me tell you, you choose that daddy. You like, what? I ain't had nothing to do with it. Yes, you did. You had everything to do with it. That was a 50-50 agreement. So you 50% of the problem. It took two to tangle. So you had 50% of the problem that, y'all ain't saying there. But that favoritism, for some reason there are parents who favor one child above the other. And sometimes the child may have a verbal problem. Sometimes the child that talk back, the child that gives us more problem, we kind of try to treat them different. But, 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 but now there's a difference between reward and punishment, but I can't treat that child no different. Some people like their bright-skinned children, don't like their dog children. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Uh, I'm talking heaven now. Call him black and all the other ones, you know, they, they, they look good. The, the, the black, literally the black sheep of the family. Some like the, 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 the dark ones and don't like the light ones. Some like the, the, the skinny ones, don't like the big ones. All kind of, all kind of things that you hear. You fix food and one can come eat. And the other one will wait. One is like Cinderella, got to serve everybody else. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I wish I had some witnesses here. Y'all with me, saints of God? All of these things affect people. It affects them psychologically and it affects them mentally. And I know that this was the reason that Joseph's brothers hated him, not because of him, but his father made him a coat. Listen. And in verse 4, and when his brethren saw that their father loved them more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peacefully unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, I, I want to go up a little bit, verse 3. Now, uh, Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was a son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Now, you got 12 sons, but you're only going to make a coat for one. 12 children, but I'm only going to make a coat for one. 
Now, you may not be able to do everything what you did for each child, but you have to make sure that you monitor how you give out and how you present. If you have children that are not your biological children, that some may be what some consider stepchildren, you don't treat any of them any different. You don't have a big birthday for one and a little birthday for the other. If you're going to do it, everybody's going to be treated the same. Boy, I wish y'all was here with me tonight. If you adopt a child, the adopted child don't get anything different than your other children. And you treat them all the same. Regardless of what status they are, you treat them all the same. Joseph's father couldn't do this. Some, some of you have outside children, inside children, and some of you got, I don't know what kind, but you got them. You don't treat an outside one different than you do the inside. And if you're married and you had children out of wedlock, you don't take those children that you had in wedlock and treat them any differently. And if your wife or husband got a problem with it, then you shouldn't marry them from the beginning. You need, they need to understand what comes with the deal. Am I getting anybody here tonight? Y'all with me? Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Lift your hands up and say hallelujah. hallelujah. When the family is the enemy, listen, uh, at verse 6, and he said unto him, here I pray you this dream that I have dreamed. For behold, you were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheep. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dream and for his words. Now listen, I want you to get this understood. You must understand as an individual God monitors hate. God monitors hate. And when God sees anybody who is mistreated by family, he automatically places favor on those people. So one of the things that you got to get in your spirit, God is provoked to bless you just because your family treats you bad. That, 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 that's just the favor of God. And you need to know how to walk into that favor that God's trying to give you. When Joseph's brothers start hating him, hallelujah, then comes the dreams. Watch, look at, go back to 37. Hallelujah. Listen, he didn't start dreaming. Get verse 3. 37 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his brethren because he was a son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And his brothers saw that their father loved them more than all his brethren. They hated him and could not speak peacefully unto him. And Joseph dreamed the dream. Stop. The dream didn't come until his brothers started hating him. When you got family members that hate you, God automatically gives you a dream. God automatically, divinely speaks favor in your life. So, so, 
when you understand that what happens when family members hate you and come against you, what kind of favor God put on your life? Now, because what God wants to show them, they may not give you the support, they may not give you what you need, but God said, I'll step in. Let me prove that. Go to the 39th chapter of Genesis. Hallelujah. 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 Genesis 39. I need a few minutes of your time. I'm sorry, Genesis 29. Listen to this. 29 and 30. And he went also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served him yet seven years. Listen at verse 31. Can we read verse 31 together? And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel's was barren. Not only is it when the Lord saw that she was hated by her husband, God opened up her womb. God gives favor to those that are hated by family members. In fact, I'm convinced, and I've watched some of your lives today that God gave you more than your family. Some of them he stripped down and brought you up. I'm convinced that some of that was the favor of God in your life because of your mistreatment. My God, can somebody give God a praise and say thank you. Somebody ought to put your hand together and say thank you. Come on, put them together and say thank you. When you find out, hallelujah, that God gives you favor for mistreatment, boy, it make you want to shout for how they've been doing you. <laughs> Y'all ain't said nothing. It make you want to give God the praise for what you've been through because you got a blessing on the way. Something is about to happen because of all of this, God. Let, let, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Go to Psalms 27. My God, I wish y'all were here with me tonight. Just give me a few minutes. I'll get out of your way. But look at somebody and say, God's getting ready to bless me because I've been mistreated. My God, can somebody give God a praise and say thank you. God's getting ready to bless me because they tried to take it from me. God's getting ready to bless me because they tried to strip me. God's getting ready to bless me because they showed favoritism and didn't show me love. God's getting ready to bless. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise and say thank you. I'm sorry I wasn't mama's pet. I'm sorry I wasn't daddy's pet, but I'm God's pet. I'm God's favorite. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm God's favorite. In fact, it's a guaranteed by God that when you're mistreated, if they put you in the pit, I'll take you out of it. My God, and then whatever happens, and, and what they didn't understand, amen, my God, my God, my God. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and say hallelujah. I, I, I hear people talking about a double portion. But they don't know what a double portion is and everybody don't get a double portion. They don't understand what a double portion is. They say, Lord, give me a double portion. Everybody don't qualify. Only hated people can get a double portion. 
only people that went through something and mistreated by family, particularly a father. Give me quickly the book of Deuteronomy. I won't get out your way, but look at Deuteronomy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, if you've been mistreated, hallelujah, you're in for a blessing. Listen at 21 and 15. If a man have two wives, one beloved and one hated, and, the, and they have borne him children, both the beloved and the hated, and if the firstborn son uh, be her that was hated, then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that he had that, that, that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated, which is indeed the firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son as hated for the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. So a double portion came to the child that was hated. And I want to tell you, you all that have been mistreated, you all that have been hated, you all that's been cast out by your family and have been mistreated, you get ready for a double portion. God promised you a double portion. And, and this is what cheers me up and gets me glad because when I see how you treated me, then I recognize what I'm in and I can look forward to. I recognize what's about to happen. All that you went through in your childhood, all that rejection you went through, all of that that your family put you through, God said, I'm going to give you double for what you went through. Can somebody give God a praise and say hallelujah? <laughs> hallelujah. I don't mind stand up and say I was the hated child. I don't mind stand up and say I was the one that they didn't want. In fact, I believe that God has blessed me. I'm no better than my sisters. I'm no better than my brothers. But my father, I told you, I was a product of rape. I had a brother who's about three or four days that are, are, are older than me. My father raped me when raped my mother uh, when uh, uh, he was in a married to his second wife. Praise the Lord. And both of them were pregnant about the same time. He didn't want to claim that because he understood how that would make him look and he's got a wife and they got two children up there being born by the same time. Amen. I was rejected by him, called all kind of names by his second wife, but I had to bury her and I had to bury him and God has blessed me for that. I want to tell you God's got something that's on the way for you. Yes, they push you aside. Yes, they put you to the curb. But look how God has blessed you. Look how God has opened doors. Look how God has made way. You ought to give God a praise and say hallelujah. Some of you doing better than your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, your aunties, and your cousins. God has stepped in and made a way for you. You better give God some praise and say hallelujah. Your sisters and brothers had the work. Your sisters and brothers had all of the support of the family. Your sisters and brothers got the money, but you didn't get anything. But yet, God bless you with a house. Yet, God bless you with a car. God bless you with that. You ought to give God a praise and tell somebody, the Lord helped me with this. And I know sometimes you feel like you're fatherless and don't have anybody, but our Father, which art in heaven, I got a father. I got somebody that will take care of me look out for me bless me made a way for me 
Glory to God. Can somebody say hallelujah? Can somebody say hallelujah? Grab somebody by the hand and say, look how God has blessed me. Look how God has taken care of me. Look how God has made a way for me. If they could see me now, if they could see me now, if they could hear me now, if they could look at me now, can somebody give God a praise and say hallelujah? Oh, glory. Glory to God. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them God is going to bless you for all the trouble that you've been through, for what your siblings put you through. If it's your mother, your father, your family, God's got to bless you because they got to see my hand. I'm not a man that I should lie. When I look at this, praise the Lord, and see how God blesses me for people hating me, sometime I want to find me some haters. I wish I could hire myself. Praise the Lord. Anybody know where I can find some haters? I need somebody to hate me in 2023 because I need a blessing. Praise the Lord. I need the favor. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Don't you know God said I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Look at somebody and say thank God for my enemies. Your enemies will make God give you some Gucci's. Your enemies will make God put you in a mansion. Your enemies will make God, hallelujah, put some money in your pocket. Your enemies will make God put you to the top. Find me some enemies so that God can take me higher. Find me some enemies so that the Lord could bless me. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise. Hey, glory. Hey, glory. Hey, glory. Somebody ought to praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you this. I'm going to get help. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. My God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Somebody around here ought to praise the Lord and give the Lord some glory and say thank you. Amen. I'm about through here. Let me get this one. In the book of Psalms 27 and 10. When my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. When my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Now, I hear some of y'all talking about you want to go higher and you want to go up. But there is an up that comes by how people treat you. There's an up when people forsake you. When my mother and father forsake me, yet the Lord will take me up. Your up sometimes comes from people treating you bad. Your up comes sometimes from people, amen, mistreating you. In fact, hallelujah, I want you to understand something. The resurrection of Jesus Christ could not take place until he felt forsaken from the Father. It was on the cross that he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? There could be no resurrection without some forsaking. You've got 
to have somebody forsake you. You've got to have somebody to walk out on you. And sometimes your life is too crowded and God will move people out the way so that he can step in. But just as sure as God step in, he's going to bring you up. Hallelujah. Can you give God a praise and say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them based upon my story. Amen. Based upon what I've been through. I'm long overdue for a blessing. I'm long overdue for the favor of God. Can somebody give God some praise and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. When Joseph was sitting there in, uh, in, in prison uh, uh, and had went through Potiphar's ordeal, went through the prison ordeal, his brothers came to see him and they was fearful because they thought that Joseph would kill them uh, because what they had done to Joseph. They thought that Joseph would get rid of him. And Joseph says, no, brother. I love you, I love you and I'm going to take care of you while you're here but when their father died they said surely Joseph has got envy and strife and we want to get us back for what they what we've done to him but in Genesis 15 20 uh, Joseph said uh, 15 19 and Joseph said unto them fear not for I am in the place am I in the place of God uh, but as ye for you ye thought ye evil against me but God meant it unto my good uh, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive amen when they came to Joseph when Joseph should have been filled with envy should have been filled with strife and should have been filled with malice of all of the things that were done for him and they said Joseph we know you're going to kill us now Joseph said no 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 hallelujah if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't be sitting in the governor's mansion. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be riding in these chariots that I'm riding in. He said, matter of fact, brothers, I'm going to bless y'all because what y'all did, bless me. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Every now and then, God want to put you in a position that you can call all your enemies and tell them, come over for lunch. I want to give you all an appreciation celebration. Ah, hallelujah. I want to call you all over and let you all come for an appreciation dinner. You need to buy them some gifts. Amen. Buy them some things and tell them, thank you for how you mistreated me. Thank you for how you done me because it led me closer to God. It brought the favor of God in my life. Can somebody give God a praise and say hallelujah? say hallelujah Joseph said he meant it for my good in fact Joseph said listen there was a dream that I had but the dream couldn't come to pass until you all did some bad stuff to me and said don't you remember that dream I told y'all that I saw y'all bowing to me well it's came to pass now and you were a part of it look at somebody and say your enemy is a part of your blessing. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you give God a praise? I don't want anybody this year walking around in depression about the 
past mistreatment you had. Nobody in this building ought to be heavy and disappointed because what your family have done to you. Let it go and give it up and recognize it was in the will of God. It was in the plan of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Tell somebody it was all a part of the plan. Somebody say glory to God. Listen, had not Joseph been in the prison, had not Joseph been into Egypt, all of the children of Israel would have starved to death. Had not Joseph been in Egypt, we wouldn't have known that Moses was born and the pledges hit Egypt. And that the children of Israel came through the Red Sea. Had not Joseph went into Egypt, there'd been no story about the blood that was over the doorposts that freed, emancipated the children of Israel. Had there been no Joseph, we wouldn't have known about the power of God to bring pledges. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you give God a praise and say hallelujah. Had there been no evil brothers in your life, you wouldn't have known what it was to have brothers and sisters in the church. Had there not been some evil people in your life, you wouldn't have known what it is to have a relationship with God, with nobody supporting you. But God made a way when you couldn't get a loan to get a down payment on your house God gave you the money and you still got the house when nobody helped you get any money for your car somehow God got in there and worked with the dealers and got you a car y'all ain't said nothing nobody wouldn't help you with your homework but somehow God brought tutors in your life y'all ain't said nothing nobody helped you with your children but your children Sailed. Your children went up. Somebody say hallelujah. Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say neighbor, I'm so glad that somebody did me bad because when they did me bad, I recognize how good God is. Somebody say yes. See yes. It's time out for you moping and groping, crying and screaming about the bad things that have happened in your life. I know it happened in your childhood, but what about now? What do you have now? Has God blessed anybody now? Look at somebody and say, the Lord is blessing me right now, right now. Some of you got houses that you never would have had. Got jobs that you never would have had. Tell somebody the Lord is blessing me right now. See ya. Glory to 
to God. Let's give God a praise and say hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Can you praise him and give him glory? It's time out for you holding years and years of animosity and hurt and bitterness about what all the things that have happened to you. I don't want to put any of your family down, but look at some of you brothers and sisters that are strung out on drugs, but God kept you. They're messed up in their life, but God kept you. Some of them don't work decent jobs, but God kept you. Some of them don't have houses to live, but God kept you. Can't you see the favor of God was on your life? They didn't leave you nothing in the wheel, but God had you in his wheel. They didn't leave you no money, but God had you in his wheel. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise? Stand on your feet and grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, somehow I made it. Somehow I made it. Somehow I survived it. Somehow God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joseph said they treated me like dirt. They treated me bad. But look at me now. Look at me now. Somebody say glory. Can you say hallelujah? You got to look at Jesus. He was despised and rejected. A man acquainted with sorrow and with grief. Surely he has borne all of our iniquities. Listen to me, children of God. Out of all the Bible, you'll find, hallelujah, that Israel were called sons of God. Angels were called sons of God. But out of all the sons of God, the only begotten son was treated worse than any of them. Somebody say glory. Hallelujah. The angels fell and they didn't get a whipping like this. Men fell and they didn't get a whipping like this. But Jesus, the son of God that was in flesh, y'all ain't said nothing. Hallelujah. He got for what somebody else done. He was wounded for our transgression. We did it, but he got the whipping. But right now, that same Jesus that was crucified, that same Jesus that was beat, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above all names the name of Jesus every every shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord hallelujah can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say glory say glory say glory hallelujah hallelujah look at your neighbor and say neighbor I'm glad for every lie was told I'm glad for every time I had to eat the food last I'm glad for every 
every time I had to clean up the house behind my sisters and brothers. I'm glad of every nickname that my mama called me. I'm glad I was blacky. I'm glad I was fatty. I'm glad whatever you call me. But look at me now. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Look at somebody and say neighbor. After all I've been through, I still have my mind. I still have joy. I still have a praise. I still have a song. I still can wave my hand. Say yeah. Say yeah. Look at somebody and say neighbor. It's time for you to forget it so you can get it. Forget it so you can get it. Forget it so you can get it. If you want it, you got to forget how they lied on you. You got to forget how they talked about you. Say yeah. Say yeah. Hung about two or three people and said they did me bad, but God made up for it. Some of y'all they treated you like Cinderella, but that's all right. I'm going to the ball. <laughs> I'm going to the ball. When that trumpet sounds, I'm out of here. Woo! Somebody ought to praise him. Shandalabaha. I think you ought to praise God for all you've been through. Some folk don't know. I didn't get the master's degree. I didn't get the bachelor's degree. I got the master. They got the master's degree, so you're treating them different, but I got the master. The master's degree can't get you where I'm going. The master's degree can get you a good job, but the master gonna get me out of here. You got the master's degree, I got the master. You treated me funny because I didn't get a BA, but I got a BA. I got a BA. I've been born again. Look at somebody and say, neighbor. I don't have a master's degree, but I got the master, and I got a BA. I've been born again, born of the water, born of the spirit. 
Bababa. And yeah, John them and Pete them and Joe them and Sue them, they got a nice house up there on the hill. And that's fine. Amen, hallelujah. But I got a house too. I got a new home. Over. Oh. Over in Zion, in his mind. Yeah, and I know I have to drive or ride the bus, and I can't ride first class, but I'm going to fly out of here one day. And I'm going out first class. When that first trumpet sounds, those that are alive and remain shall be caught up. And I can't afford Gucci. And I can't get all that other stuff in Louis Vuitton, but one thing, we shall be changed. Yeah, glory. And I shall wear a crown. My God, I'm going to put on my robe and tell the story how I made it over. Look at somebody say, neighbor, I'm convinced I got the better deal. I'm convinced. Let's pray. Let's pray. Glory. Stand on your feet. Let's pray. Woo. Now this year, I want you to let everything go. Everything go. That you suffered. From family. Everything. Everything. Let it go. Give it up. And accept this as God's way of putting favor on you. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't weep no more, don't cry no more, don't, 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 don't waste time with it anymore. God did this for your good. And until you can understand and go back in your childhood and give those things up to God and turn them loose and give them over and yield them. Get the hurt out. Pain out. Be delivered from them. Be free from them. Hallelujah. Yield it to God. God has allowed these things to happen in your life to bring you where you are. And I just want you, as I get ready to dismiss, I want you to lift your hands up and I want you to honestly just tell God, thank you for everything I've been through. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to God. Yes, Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Mama Shanda. I will no longer be beat up by the hurt, by the pain, by the past, by the favoritism, by the rejection, 
no longer. I'm going to thank you, God. Oh, you have been so good to me. You gave me what I asked for. You opened doors for me. You made ways for me. I praise you. You've given me so much more. And God, I'm just going to release it all to you. God say, yokes are being destroyed. Keep playing what you're playing. No, no, don't follow me this time. Just keep playing song. Jesus, I thank you. 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 Come on, just lift your hands up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you meant it all for my good. Oh, God. I might not have accomplished all of those natural things that everybody else accomplished. Oh, God, but you blessed me. <laughs> Hallelujah. You blessed me. You blessed me. I praise you. Oh, shut Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just a few more minutes. I'm getting ready to do the benediction. God is ministering to somebody who's not here tonight. Somebody who's looking. God is ministering to you. Let it go. Let it go. Years and years of hurt and pain. Let it go. Give it to God. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you. I praise you. I yield it over to you. I give it over to you. I thank you. I magnify you. Thank you for loving. Thank you for making ways. That's right. Somebody receiving the power of the Holy Ghost now. If you're here and you want to receive the Holy Ghost, come. If you're here and you want to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, why don't you come? You that want to receive the Holy Ghost, come. Want to receive the Holy Ghost? Come. Amen. You that want to receive, come.